Hey everyone, welcome back. I know this video is a little shorter than usual, but I hope you all still enjoy it. And as always, if you have your own story that you might want to share, you can send it at southerncannibal.com. All that being said, I hope you all enjoy this one, and have a great night. And remember, to always stay hungry. The story happened a few years ago. I was 25 at the time, and I worked an overnight shift at McDonald's. Since I was the manager, I was the only one who could stay after midnight. I had dismissed the last two remaining employees. I had stayed behind to continue working my shift. I was completely alone. Nothing but the buzzing sound from the ice cream machine. When I heard the beep on my headset, I answered, Hey, welcome to McDonald's. We're only taking cash at this time. There was no answer. I then repeated my question, and again, no answer. I was in the office, so I looked up to the monitor to see a black SUV. I said again, Welcome to McDonald's. What can I get for you? And there still was no sound. Usually a drunk driver would come in through the drive-thru and fall asleep. I don't ever go outside after hours, so I just let him sit there. A few minutes go by, and I'm cleaning around the restaurant. It's been well over 20 minutes, and I come back to the office, and I notice that the black SUV is still sitting in the drive-thru. I click on the headset, and I call out, a bit more frustrated now. Hey, are you gonna order? I can't have you just sitting there. Please order or leave. I waited. Still nothing. At this point, it's just getting a little creepy. I walk out into the lobby into the play place, and I look through the glass doors to see the black SUV. I squinted my eyes trying to see inside the pitch black tinted windows. The lights are on, and it sounded like the truck was still running. I click on again in a very angry tone, and I yelled out, Hey, you need to move now. I then see the window roll down very slowly. I'm able to make out a man's silhouette. I then hear in a very low bass voice, I'm sorry baby, I must have fell asleep. Is that you in the window? If you are going to order, you need to go ahead and move now. I said, Damn, why are you getting so aggressive? He asked. Sir, you've been sitting in my drive-thru for 45 minutes. You need to leave. I shouted at him. He then replied back with, I haven't even ordered yet. I was so over it by that point that I just yelled at him to leave. He paused for what seemed like a really long time, then saying, Hey, you really need to lower your voice. Sir, please just leave. I said irritated. The man then sped off, and I sighed, thinking that would be the end of it. Oh, how wrong I was. My nightmare was just beginning. I went back into the office, not really thinking too much of it anymore, when I then hear glass break. I jump up, and I immediately push the silent alarm. I locked myself in the office. Breathing really hard, I was checking the cameras, and I saw a large man. He wasn't fat, he was just really tall, about six to seven feet tall and had very broad shoulders. He looked like he had been in a fight. 
I then watched as he made his way all the way to the back. He had jiggled the door handle, and he was laughing. <laughs> so this is where you're hiding. Sobbing, I was able to make out the words. I've called the police. They're on their way. I then crawled into the fetal position under the desk, crying and praying for this man to just leave. Oh, come on! I just wanted to have some fun, baby! Open the door! The man began banging on the door. It sounded like he was kicking it. The landline then rang, and I answered it. It was the police. Hi. We got an alert from inside the restaurant. Is there an emergency? The operator asked. Yes. Yes, there is. I shouted. There's a man inside the restaurant. He's trying to kick down the door to the office. I gasped sharply for air as I tried to control my crying. We have two officers approaching the scene now, ma'am. Please stay calm, said the operator. In the distance, I could hear the two officers yelling at the man to put his hands up. Thank God for the silent alarms. Police! Miss, you can come out now, said one of the officers. I was so relieved that as soon as I opened the door, I saw the officer, and I then hugged him. I heard him chuckle and say, Are you okay? Do you need medical attention? I said no, and I just thanked him profusely for showing up so fast. They took my statement and then left, and I then locked up and went home. I quit that job the very next day. Never again will I work an overnight shift. Hell no. Back in 1982, there were a group of people called the Dixie Mafia, and some of the members had to sell some of their land to what I would imagine to cover court costs. Many ended up in jail for running liquor, and some even murder. One of the main members' land was subdivided into different sized lots. My husband and I purchased a 20-acre lot. We were kids, and this was very different and exciting for us. We had rabbits, chickens, and cows. We met all of our neighbors, and we had some get-togethers. The neighbor next to us only came out on the weekends. The first time we met him was when he came on our long driveway on a golf cart with his wife. He was a very obese man. I would guess weighing in at about 500 pounds. His wife was dressed in all black, kind of like an Amish woman. She never said a word. He was very personable, telling jokes, and knew a lot of history about the area. He said that when a member of the Dixie Mafia owned the land, that no one was allowed down the road that we now live on. We actually found an old whiskey still on a stream on our property. He invited us to come over to his property and to see his bunker. We were very interested in what he needed a bunker for. We went over and we got a tour of his bunker. It had a shower and a toilet, and he said it was for when the government came. That was all he had on the property, no house or barn. Later on, he had started bringing in all kinds of equipment, like tractors, backhoes, and bulldozers. I thought he was probably going to build a house. Then, we started hearing rifles and guns being shot every weekend. The cops showed up and they found out he was inviting members of the National Guard to his property to practice. Well, that's what he told the police. 
The police told him to stop immediately. Later on, he invited us over for a cookout. I was sitting at a picnic table and I had dropped my fork and when I went under the table to get it, I saw that he had really short shorts on and his junk was actually hanging out of them. I had later on told my husband about it. He said that the man was so obese he probably had no idea what was hanging out. One day I got a call and the man had asked if I could come over and help him with something. I walked over and I saw both of his legs hanging out from under his tractor. The tractor was running, so he didn't hear me approaching. He again had on his short shorts, and his junk was hanging out again. If he knew I was there, he never did say anything. I ran away as fast as I could. I went on to tell my husband that it was no accident, that he was definitely exposing himself on purpose. Later on, I had read in the local paper that a man with this exact name a very common name, was caught sitting in a truck near an elementary school with no pants on. I had asked him if that was him, and he just laughed, saying no. One day when my husband would be going to work, he would start ringing my phone as soon as my husband would leave, and I would just let it ring for hours. I once looked out my kitchen window, and I had saw him picking blueberries while naked, and then another time he had came to my house again when I was alone, and he brought over a duck. I was close enough to pet it, and he had actually tried to kiss me. I really, really wanted to tell my husband all about this, but he would have definitely tried to kill him. This man had actually owned a business as well. We read that it had burned down, and my husband heard at work that his friends had told him that he probably burned it down himself to get the insurance money, because his business was failing apparently. Next thing I know, he was sponsoring Boy Scout camps on his property. I thought that a man who walks around naked and exposes himself should definitely not be allowed to invite Boy Scouts to his property, so I called Boy Scouts main office and then I called the police. The Boy Scouts actually sent me a letter saying that his property wasn't even approved for venue for scouting and they shut him down. Next thing I know, the FBI is at our door telling us that this man was extremely dangerous. He had been convicted of arson in the past, and he was reported for exposing himself 30 times, but was never convicted. It was tricky like that. Let's fast forward a little bit. I was teaching some piano in the little town nearby. Well, one of my students said that her youth group from her Methodist church was going to go camping that weekend. And I asked where, and she said it was a campground on my road. I figured he was once again up to his old tricks. It was at this point where I just finally decided to just stay out of it, and me and my husband shortly moved away after that. After we had moved, there was a story on the news that they had found a body on the man's property, and that it had been burned beyond recognition. The news just said that it was probably a homeless person, but last time I checked, he was still living there when it happened. So who really knows? I don't know what that man's problem is, all I know is he's definitely sick in the head, and I really hope at some point he gets some help. He really needs it. I want to start off by saying that this is my mom's story, but I actually remember when it happened. I have several other stories of my own that I'll definitely submit to this channel one day, if anyone is interested in hearing them. 
All of this happened when I was around four to five years old. My mom and dad were going through a divorce and they had lived in separate houses. My mom spent a lot of time with her best friend at the time who we'll call Star for this story. I remember that me and my brother would have playdates with Star's two kids and my mom and Star would browse through the computer. One day Star had set up a profile for my mom on a dating website. This was back when dating websites were just becoming a thing and you could only go through them on a computer. My mom wasn't really enthusiastic about having a dating profile. She was just going through a divorce with my dad at the time, and she wasn't interested in dating anyone so soon. Nevertheless, she let Star convince her to give it a try, and she did. About a week or so later, my mom and Star decided to have a girls' night out and go bar hopping, while my dad had me and my brother for the weekend. My mom and Star had a good time at the bar. They sang karaoke, danced, and talked. Just normal things people do at a bar. That is, until a man approached my mom and asked her to dance. My mom didn't really want to dance, but she didn't want to hurt the man's feelings. She figured since it wasn't a slow song playing, she wouldn't have to dance too close to the guy. So she then agreed to only one dance. She danced with the man and everything seemed normal afterwards. After the dance, she thanked him, and then she went back to the table the star was sitting at, when the guy had followed her, and then sat down in a chair right beside her at the same table. My mom and star kind of just looked at each other, as if to say, what the hell's this guy doing? That's when my mom then asked him, um, can I help you? The man then smiled at my mom, as if he were admiring a beautiful painting or something, then saying, God, I love you. My mom then replied back with, Um, what? Excuse me? To which he then replied to her with, Your name's Vanessa, right? My mom's eyes then got wide. She had never seen this man before in her life, and she didn't know how he knew her name. How do you know my name? She asked. I know everything about you. As you can imagine, my mom began getting creeped out. The man then listed her full name, her phone number, he knew about me and my brother, and he even told her the address of the house that she just moved out of. He then said, I drove by your house, but I only saw a fat man washing his truck in the yard. The man he was describing was my dad, who was actually still living in our old house at the time. My mom really became creeped out at this point, but the icing on the cake was when the man told my mom that he saved all of her pictures to his computer, and he even said his home screen is a picture of her. Starth then tapped my mom on the shoulder, and then said, Uh, Vanessa, I gotta use the bathroom. Do you need to go too? As she then darted her eyes to the back of the bar, and my mom got the hint, then replying with, Yeah, I really need to go too. They both then got up, and they told one of the bouncers all about the creep and his behavior. He then walked my mom and Star out of the back door of the bar, all the way to their car. My mom and Star then went back to Star's house, and deleted the dating website profile that they had just made a week prior. She even changed her phone number, since the guy said he knew her number. But the strangest thing was that they had never even put my mom's phone number, full name, or address, or anything personal like that on the website at all. So how did that man know all that stuff about my mom? It's been nearly 20 years since all that happened, 
and my mom has never heard or saw that man again. It just goes to show you that there are many weirdos out there who can find out anything about you, and they can even stalk you with just a small click of a computer or phone. It's really scary. Stay safe out there, guys. I was in my mid-twenties when this incident happened. I was staying in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. It all started on a nice spring day. I took my five-month-old daughter to the store in a stroller. I had put a pair of shoes on her, and they had a little pink bow on them. When I got home, I had noticed that my daughter's left shoe was missing. I had only paid like 50 cents for them at Payless, so I didn't really think too much of it and I went on with my day uneventfully. The next morning at 7am, a man had knocked at my door smiling, and he was holding my daughter's lost shoe. I thanked him, and I shut the door. That same night, I had heard a tapping on my bedroom window at around 3am. The next morning, when my ex returned home from work, he found a large kitchen knife on the ledge of my ground floor apartment window right outside of my bedroom. We then left the apartment to go stay in a motel for a few nights. We left the motel, and we went to do some apartment hunting, trying to find a new place to live. We found an apartment community that was seemingly very safe. Well, a few months after moving in, I see the very same man as before at a giant food market. I quickly paid for my groceries, and then ran home as fast as possible. The next morning, when I checked the mailbox, I found a note. I found you. It read. I called the police, but they said that there was nothing they can do at this point, since he's not actually harming me. Well, just a few days later after this event, something else happened. My ex found a Polaroid photo of me sleeping, and it was taken from outside of my bedroom window of our new apartment. The police were called yet again, and this time, they had actually started to take it a bit more seriously. The police stayed outside my unit for three hours to see if anyone suspicious showed up. Nobody did, though, so the police left. Once again, the next day, there was a note taped to my door of my apartment. It read, I'll be back. I decided to leave Lancaster for a little bit to go to Philadelphia, where my family is. I did eventually return and I haven't seen this man since, nor have I received any more of his weird notes. Still, though, it's pretty damn creepy that this man went this far. <laughs> 